PNG here. I know it's been a little while since I've really done a stream or a podcast or anything, but this isn't really considered a podcast. This is more or less me just openly discussing what I've been up to lately, uh, what I'm working on, uh, just other things going on in my life, I guess, and uh, where I'm going to go from here on out. Opportunity for me to answer your question, chat for you guys more more frequently. So what have I been doing? Uh, well, I've been trying to reorganize the PNG podcast, get some topics happening. I've noticed that um, a bit of a drought of gaming news, uh, just late, late summer, early fall. And the drought of gaming news is like awesome topics one week and then not really much to talk about the next week. Maybe a little there. So last week I didn't have a podcast. The week before I think I had a podcast. The week before that I had one. And the week before that, like, I didn't have anything. So it's kind of been an on and off process. So why it's taken me so long to get comfortable with making a lot of content for you is I've been moving. So I moved to this new location, and when I got here, I was just really, really tired. And we also didn't have internet here for, like, a couple of weeks. So you can't really upload videos. You just can't do it. You can record, you can edit, but there's so, you're so limited in what you can do without internet. So now that I'm here, I got my setup all good to go, right? Well, not really. Ideas sometimes they don't grow on trees. And since I'm a, a new YouTuber and I kind of do this on my spare time, I'm not a full-time YouTuber, so I can't afford to just spend all my time and effort on videos. So I try to make short, quick, funny, slightly rough, entertaining videos. Uh, first and foremost, that's what YouTube should be, entertainment. For your subscribers, whether they like it or not, you can see um, my twisted imagination in the form of collecting videos or just random goofy nonsense. So I've been doing uh, coffee vlogs. Uh, on Sunday, I posted a coffee vlog where I just went down the street to get a coffee. Um, I couldn't find a good place to do the vlog, so I filmed it in a hockey rink, which was just completely random. You can definitely see that on the channel as well. And uh, I've been working on uh, more... You know what? Here's the thing. I used to shoot out tons of videos... Every week, I would shoot out like four or five videos, which is a lot of content to digest for a week. Uh, a lot of them would be quickest reviews. And the thing with quickest reviews is popular series, right? It would just be me reviewing a game in two words. The first word is always it's. The second word is always an adjective to describe the game. Now, the thing is, I've done so many of those that the joke is getting old even for me. I'm not laughing anymore. I get some other people who enjoy those, but... It seems like I'm getting a lot of hatred towards that series, so I wanted to take a break of it and maybe come back to it later. If I see there's demand for quickest review, or if I find a game funny enough to review, but for now, I'm trying to focus on less videos of more substantial quality, along with more fresh ideas. So when I started this channel, I focused more on game collecting videos, either sharing a story about a game from my childhood, or going through my collection or giving advice or tips to game collectors on how they can how they can really grow and benefit their collection and organize it better. I started my channel. Ever since I started the podcast, which I love, and I love doing a podcast, don't get me wrong, you organize, you get to meet other YouTubers, you can have a nice discussion and debate, which is fantastic. But the thing is, uh, that takes a good portion of my time, right? When I organize a podcast, get it all together, it really drains you. After after your podcast is done, you get really, really tired, and you just don't want to do anything after that. You're just like, you know what? 
And that was my video for the week. I don't need to do any more. The thing is, podcasts are great, but they're an hour long. You can't really get a good sense of character of your content from a podcast. A podcast is there as bonus material for you guys. You need to know more about me and my friends and other YouTubers who decide to connect with me. And it's just bonus footage, bonus material where we talk about games. Fantastic. Uh, I think gaming news is, is really good, but I know most people on their given day won't set aside two hours to watch a podcast. Some people will, and some people really enjoy it, and I'm grateful to those who do, but I know most average casual people who like to watch videos on gaming don't care to watch a video for two hours, to be honest. I tend to skip videos like that in my subscription feed, so I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they skip mine. So what I'm doing is a nice, healthy mix of short videos that are very entertaining and really well thought out, podcast with insightful conversation and dialogue. Um, I've even thought about the possibility of just doing podcast highlights on occasion, kind of like what uh, Pat the Nespunk does at the CU podcast. He'll do like a two-minute or three-minute clip uh, of a podcast and then just put the name of the theme. This is good for SEO, search engine optimization, um, I guess for clickbait, I suppose, if I wanted to talk about one little tiny thing that happened in my podcast for maximum... Uh, Content output. The thing is, I don't have enough spare time to just take every podcast, cut out the little clips that I like from it, and upload it. That would take responsible hours of free time to just make my video twice, essentially. So I'm not going to do that. See, if I was doing YouTube full-time, I, I probably would. I probably would, because I know there are certain parts of the podcast that people probably would enjoy to see on its own. Once before, where I got roasted by many YouTubers. Uh, I put that little clip separate because I thought it would be funny. Aside from all this, I've been working on a DVD called TOHC Live. I can show you a physical copy right here. TOHC Live is a compilation of Toronto hardcore punk shows that I've been going to for the, throughout the year of 2016. I've been going to many venues uh, and filming the shows and uh, meeting the bands and on hardcore punk is a huge um, music. I love metal. I love punk. I love grunge, alternative, industrial. You name it. I like ha mostly heavy music. Music with a bit of oomph to it. You know, a bit of uh, I don't know. I guess a bit of soul to it. A bit of uh, substance. I like music like that. So I go to the punk shows. I film, and I wanted to contribute to the Toronto punk scene. So I put together this compilation. A little disaster a couple months ago where. There's supposed to be 16 minutes of footage on this DVD, and the copies that I got sent to me, there's only going to be a limited pressing of 100 of these, 100 physical copies. And I get my copies sent to me. I bring it to the store I usually go to. The guy offers to carry them and sell them at the store. Everything's great. Everything is nice and smooth. And then I find out there's only 20 minutes of the 16-minute footage on all 100 copies of the DVD. I have to tell the store owner to hold all the copies. I had to tell my friends that I've already shipped them to that I will be replacing their DVDs, their discs. I have to like, and it's insanely stressful and nerve-wracking to put out a product, be so proud of it, and then watch it fall on your face. So I got all the replacement discs in this little baggie right here, and uh, I'm going to put them in the cases, and I'm going to start selling these. Uh, they're going to be $5 each. One, uh, you're going to have to pay the shipping because I can't afford all that. I really just can't. Um, I don't have any means of online distribution either. Like, I'm not really 
experience in online sales, if that makes sense. But essentially what I'm going to be doing is there's a flea market happening in Toronto in two weeks, and it's uh, called the Favoid Punk Rock Flea Market. And I have my own booth there. I'll be selling uh, these DVDs along with a lot of my old metal and punk CDs. I'll be selling some extra gaming stuff, um, some old rock t-shirts. So if you guys are into that kind of stuff and you're in Toronto, come say hello. Um, buy the movie if you want it. Also, uh, if you don't want to buy the movie, you can find it for free on my channel. You can watch it in its entirety. Honestly, I don't profit. I know I'm selling them, but it's actually just to recoup the cost even just a little bit. I won't make any money from this. Really, I'm probably losing money on these. So there you go. I'm, I'm not aiming to profit on other people's concert performances. So you don't have to worry about that. I think I just wanted to share the Toronto music scene that I'm in love with and I've experienced. And I wanted to share it with all you. And uh, a lot of the band members are excited. Uh, there seems to be a lot of hype for this DVD in Toronto. So it's kind of been a side project of mine. Let me grab some water here for a second. And I'm going to answer a question before I continue. Zero, just finished watching the May Young Classic, and now it's time for some P&G. Well, awesome, Rad. Thank you for coming. Uh, yes, it was Carrie saying deserves... Okay, hold on. When's the stream starting? It's already on. Um, okay, hold on. Hey, P&G. Hey, Red Flame Knight, thank you for coming. Um, not sure if you've done so or not, but it'd be cool to do a Google Hangout and talk about gaming. Just an idea. Um, I do do Google Hangouts where we do talk about gaming. Uh, it's called the PNG Podcast. I do one almost every week, and I have other YouTubers, content creators, internet personalities, or people who are just knowledgeable about gaming and nerdy stuff. Come on the podcast together, we talk about gaming. And we get together, and it's a it's a lot of fun actually. I get to meet a lot of exciting people. What other topics do we have? Um, your collection is so impressive. I love the old CRT. Yeah, so um, I've been kind of reorganizing my game room, and uh, what you got here is uh, I'm gonna rotate this. I'm not sure if you can see that. That's my HD screen right there. Um, my Xbox One is loaded right now, and if I rotate here. You got the tube TV. So this plays like all my old consoles. It has a Dreamcast hooked up, uh, NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis. Um, I'm missing one. N64. Uh, I didn't. I don't hate the N64. I just forgot to list it. I have a lot of stuff here. The HD uh, television has the Xbox One, the 360, and the Switch and the Wii hooked up to it. So um, yeah, the, you got all that. And uh, that's the thing is, sometimes you just run out of ports or things uh, to plug into it, so. Okay, what else is happening? Um, usually a lot of, um, you know, I mean, like, I've been fairly busy. And it meant to do one live with the fans. I would love to do a podcast live with the fans. However, that could backfire really, really badly. I've had that happen before. People come, they hack, they try to just rail everybody else. And the thing is, uh, with these uh, Google Hangouts, when you get a huge group, say if you get six or seven people, that's probably the most I think you should do for a Google Hangout because eventually the internet connections get so bad and messed up that people tend to cut out, destabilize the podcast or well, the Hangout and ends up being... Um, to be honest, I would love it to be a lot easier to uh, get the entire group together and just get fans chiming in. Be chaos. I don't know. I might try it someday and uh, see how it is. 
but as of right now, I kind of still have a smallish following. So uh, hangout where I got just people to randomly join. I don't think it'll be too busy. I think it'll just be funny. It'll be us shooting the shit and just talking about whatever. Uh, what's your favorite game system or franchise of all time? Thank you, Red Flame Knight, for the for the great uh, question. Now, game system. Okay, my favorite game, without a doubt. I'll, I'll just I'll bring it right now. Right, one second. Without a doubt, my favorite game of all time, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. This game changed my life. This was the first, probably. Um, yeah, this is probably the first Western RPG I've ever played, but it was the first game that really made uh, Star Wars feel so fresh and new on a console. It built its own world without deviating too much away from what Star Wars actually is. It made its entire new story, entire new cast of characters. You felt like the worlds were real. You felt like the people that you were with were real and had real personalities that really reflected on how you were as a character, and they treated you differently because of it. This was Bioware in their original glory, before they got bought by EA, before they got their name all tarnished with Mass Effect Andromeda, this was a great game. And for me, this is one of the best games of all time. I can't recommend Knights of the Republic enough. My favorite game, not my favorite franchise. There's only two games, so I wouldn't even really call it a franchise. I'd call it two games. So my favorite franchise, that's tough. I mean, over the years, I've had many. I've had Mortal Kombat, Guitar Hero, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. All three of those franchises... Um, dead almost. Mortal Kombat's still going on, but I feel like with Mortal Kombat, a lot of those games tend to be very similar over the years. Uh, I mean, like, I love Assassin's, I used to love Assassin's Creed a lot. The thing is now, I don't really have a favorite game franchise because now there are so many sequels that it tends to poison the well, you know? Like, it tends to kill a good thing. I remember absolutely adoring Assassin's Creed, my favorite game series. But then they released like six or seven or eight or nine of them. And some of them have been really bad quality. It could actually tarnish a series and my overall liking for that series. Guitar Hero, for example, I was obsessed with that game. But then they made so many crappy sequels and spin-offs and unnecessary crap that ended up tarnishing the name. Rock Band was the same. I loved that series. I thought the new one was a pile of garbage. It actually made it my favorite game series to one of my... I, could, I couldn't care less of series just because the game was that bad. So I feel like game franchises are, as a whole, are overrated. But when I talk about video games, I think of um, video games as individual products. I don't think of them as together unless they're perfect. You know, like when you thought of the Mass Effect trilogy, right? The Mass Effect trilogy was absolutely perfect. It was contained within a story. Now, when you brought in Andromeda, a lot of people hated Andromeda, and I think Andromeda tarnished the whole brand that is Mass Effect. So now when people think of the Mass Effect franchise, it's kind of tarnished, if you will. But when you think of a great game, on the other hand, it's easier to decide a game than it is a franchise, in my opinion. System, tough to decide. I like systems for different reasons, and sometimes I like systems more than others. Like, when I play current games, I like to play my Xbox One. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's my favorite. I mean, I've played games, systems that I enjoy rather more. Like, I also really love the Switch. I think it's a fantastic console. Um, but it's not my favorite. I, I say I really, really love the Dreamcast, and I think it needs a lot more love and attention, and I think more people should play Dreamcast. Um, 
it's still not my favorite because I never really got to play Dreamcast that much. I could say the N64, because uh, I grew up with the N64. There were a lot of great titles on it. But at the same time, I think there are better games on other consoles too. So it's really hard to decide one system. But I will say I have many favorites. I like uh, the NES, the Sega Genesis, the N64, the Dreamcast, the Xbox, the Xbox 360, the Xbox One, the PlayStation. Um, all fantastic. The Nintendo 3DS. I love the 3DS, the Switch, you name it. Um, I love video games. I'm, I'm not really, uh, in particular, a favoritist or an elitist over one console. I don't really like that. I think there's a lot of great games to be played on everything. Now, if you take the crappy game system, like so the CDI, good luck finding something good. But I will say, uh, most game systems, you'd be hard-pressed to find a game that, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to not find a game that's not worth playing, you know? Uh, every game system has a game at least worth playing. So I think as long as that game is for you, then that system is for you. Um, you can, there's, there's fun to be had. Um, PNG looks like a cool gaming room. Awesome setup. Thank you, Rad. I've been working really hard at making this game room look kick-ass. I've been trying to make it look rad. <laughs> uh, why not use Discord with a nice overlay? That's a good suggestion. Maybe I'll look into it, Tayo. Um, Bioware is HQ'd in my city. They were amazing before EA. They put so much thought and effort into the games. That's what I was saying, right? Now, who here remembers Jade Empire? That was a fantastic Bioware game. Now, do we really need Mass Effect 4? Not really. We didn't need it. Um, Dragon Quest 1, 2, Dra not Dragon Quest. Dragon Age 1, 2, and 3 were all great. You know, I had no issues with those. Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, all great. Uh, but we didn't need Andromeda. I don't think anybody asked for it, to be honest. But at the same time, a sequel that people would like would be Jade Empire. Why? Because it's, it's still kind of like a new series. Not new as it's been around for a while, but a new as in it barely got its foot in the door. It had one game that got some pretty good reviews and pretty good reception, but not overly excited ex reception. It, it, it was kind of like a new property, so it needs time to grow. I think Bioware should have let Jade Empire grow a little more. I think they could have done a Jade Empire 2, but with modern graphics and, you know, make a new story, make more stuff happen, and uh, bring a new franchise. Are there new franchises, which they're kind of doing with uh, Anthem. Yeah, Anthem. They're trying to do something new with Anthem. But when I see Anthem, all I can think of is Iron Man meets Avatar. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I can think of. Uh, but I would love to see a Jade Empire 2 and Knights of the Old Republic 3. Um... I never got to play the Baldur's Gate games, but I heard those were fantastic. Um, uh, picked at Jade Empire on Origin when it was free. Never got around to playing it. Uh, trust me, Spike, uh, Martinez here. Uh, don't hesitate. Actually, play it. It's a really good game. It's highly underrated. It's the exact definition of a cult classic or hidden gem. Well, not really a hidden gem. People know it's, it's one of the best original Xbox games, but it's a cult classic. I mean... Um, that, that, that goes without saying there. Um, haven't played Mass Effect, though. I own the collection. How is Andromeda versus the first three? Apparently, uh, Andromeda is a total bag of shit compared to the first three. That's what I've been hearing. I've never played it. It's not my opinion. It could change if I actually do play it. I would love to try it out and see it, what, what I think on it. But to be honest, I wasn't excited for Andromeda, so I have no rush or hurry or need to play Andromeda. So I feel like the only reason I need to play Andromeda is to experience it and formulate my own opinion. 
but I have no desire for it. Like it's, I'd rather do many other things than try it out, if that makes sense. Um, sorry, not a great question, but have you seen it yet? I have not seen it. Um, everyone's saying good things, so that's great. Um, hopefully I'll see it soon. Uh, question. Best Final Fantasy game. I noticed me cowpie. It's been a while since I've seen you, man. Um, let's see. Best Final Fantasy game. All right. I'll be honest. I never grew up with the Final Fantasy games. I've only been playing them fairly recently. Since my college years, I started playing them. I played one. I played a little bit of six. I played uh, seven. I played uh, 13 and four. Uh, no, 14. No. 13 and 15. Out of those, probably I liked... I liked one in seven the most, and I really enjoyed fifteen quite a lot. Uh, I didn't play enough of six to kind of get an opinion on it because I only played the beginning through uh, ROM or whatever. But um, I really liked fifteen a lot. But I would have to say, um, in terms of what I've heard, seven has the most nostalgia factor to it. But I feel like I've heard a lot of people say six is the best Final Fantasy game. Um, I personally enjoyed one just because I'm a simple guy, I like simple games with uh, traditional mechanics, and uh, I like the NES. So Final Fantasy One is fantastic to me. <laughs> um, least favorite Final Fantasy game? Well, from the ones I played, probably Thirteen. I I really did not like that game from what I played. Honestly, it just felt like a movie, a movie that I was playing, and I didn't like the combat system very much. Now, some people might crucify me for saying that, but honestly, I just didn't like it. And it's not Nostalgia Blinders. I didn't grow up playing Final Fantasy. Really. It was actually, I think, the first Final Fantasy game I owned in my collection. And, um, yeah, it was honestly from a fresh perspective playing the game. I just didn't like it. Maybe I'll get back to it and maybe I'll play more of it because I didn't really get too far into the game. I got stuck on uh, this boss. I think his name was Odin. He was like a Norse god kind of enemy. Just, just demolished me, and I couldn't beat him. Uh, countless times... But I feel like once I beat him, I could probably play more of the game, and maybe I'll like it more. So, not a great opinion, but just my experience. So that's all I got for you. Um, uh, Final Fantasy X changed my life. Okay, I've heard. Is that is Final Fantasy X the one of Captain Bash from Dalmasca, um, the one uh, who just does the crazy laugh? Because I think I've seen clips of it. Uh, how big can you open your mouth? Hey, Rax, good to see you. Um, I can try. Uh, hold on. Let me get some water because I'm a little bit dehydrated right now. Ugh. How big can I open my mouth? Ah, that fucking hurt my jaw. Thanks, Rax. Jerk. Oh. All right. All right. Uh, Dragon Dogma Online. Uh... I've heard it was great. I've heard great things. I've never played it on my list. Trust me, it actually is on my list of games to play. If I had a physical list and I showed it to you, Dragon's Dogma would be on there. Now my jaw hurts. Thanks to you, Rax. Ah. Uh, have you ever purchased or rented a game based on its box art and then regret regretted it after playing it at home? Did I buy a game based on its box art and regret it? I don't know, to be honest. I might have bought some NES games for the years that I thought looked cool. Um, but they ended up being crappy. I think... Um, give me a second to think about this. 
No, I can't think of anything. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I lucked out as a kid. Uh, most of the games I rented or bought um, ended up being really good um, or just being really fun. And I appreciated the games I did get. So I was pretty happy about that. Um, uh, what do you think about what's his face selectively doing a takedown on PewDiePie gameplay? Oh, that's a loaded question uh, on a PewDiePie incident. We are going to talk about it on tomorrow's podcast in detail. Uh, we're going to have a group with us. Uh, I think what PewDiePie did, first off, was wrong. I don't think he should have dropped that word. Honestly, um, like I'm not big on censorship and all that stuff, but I honestly, for me, that's the one word I refuse to ever use is the N-word, of course. Not Nickelback. <laughs> but uh, that's the one word I will just... I don't refuse to use. Even by accident, I've never done. I've never actually uttered that word, even by accident. Never, not once. Um, and I personally think that word should never be used. You know, I, I just, I just don't like that word. I don't like the negative connotations that it brings. And uh, I feel like PewDiePie, you know, even as, even if he has like such a huge following, and even though it was an accident, I think it was an accident. I don't think he's actually. Uh, no, he may or may not be, but I don't think he is racist or anything. But I just think it was a really stupid thing for him to do. And I think, uh, um, you know, like, that's the thing is, like, if, you, if you're in a position of power or if you're a public image and you're in front of everybody, um, everything you say and will say can and may be used against you. Um, and that's the thing is PewDiePie always has a spotlight on the guy. I think it was foolish of him to... Um, you know, use that word, even as an accident, because now everyone's going to see that, look at him with a microscope, and now broadcast it, and then portray other YouTubers as what he is. And I feel like a lot of other YouTubers see what he did, and they're kind of looking at him as a disgrace in that instance. But then there are some people who are saying, um, you know, it was an accident, shame on you, but, you know, cut it out. Uh, for me, I just think... Um, you should be more careful from now on. Like, you shouldn't say that word, I guess. And uh, I don't believe that, like, it should be a witch hunt or anything like that. But honestly, I just think uh, people should be a little more careful sometimes. Um, it's not, not necessarily um, don't be afraid to speak your mind or say what you need to say. But I think sometimes you got to think more carefully on how you say words, I guess. Because uh, I think communication is more important than the words you actually do say. It's the level of context and uh, uh, how you carry yourself, I suppose. I think that should be more or less on the on the freedom of speech thing. Uh, I could say whatever I want, right? But if I sound like a moron doing it, then who's going to take my opinion seriously, right? Who's going to think anything that I say is valid, right? And I think uh, when it comes to saying something offensive, like even as an insult, as an accident, you know, um, people see that. People see PewDiePie as a role model. People see him as the figurehead of YouTube because naturally he has the most subscribers. And when you have the most subscribers, everyone is looking at you as a beacon of what you should do as a YouTuber. And when you say things like that, even as an accident, um, there are all these really dumb, impressionable minds that are going to see that and be like, oh my God. Because he's doing this, my lord and savior, PewDiePie, I might do it myself. Now, I know most people don't do that. And most people have an effing brain in their head. But that's the thing is, like, 
it's such a complicated issue. You can't really describe an opinion on it. I just think it was stupid of him to say. To me, that's it. And he's going to face consequences for that. And like, and like anything, if you said something like that at your job or like if you you would get consequences, you'd either lose your job or they, they'd reprimand you or they'd say something to you to put you in your place or make you go on the right track. But I think as far as PewDiePie is going, I think he's going to learn to, um, I guess, be more careful, I suppose. I feel like um, since he did that on a live stream, I feel like with live streams, anything can happen on a live stream. Like right now I'm doing a live stream. I could say something completely stupid. And honestly, you can't take everything I say right now at face value because I'm known to do that. I'm known to slip up and say something really dumb that really means nothing, isn't really well thought out, and maybe contradictory. But at the same time, these are just my thoughts running wild right now. That's, that's the whole point of this video. And when you're on something like, say, Twitch, and you're playing for hours, and you got tons of people shooting at you, and you're aggressive, and you're in an antagonistic state already, you might blurt out something you regret. And I'm sure everybody here under the sun has said something they regret to somebody before. And it uh, doesn't necessarily make them a bad person, but I feel like um, they've learned from it and they've tried to move past it. Now, some people don't, but I don't know. It's complicated. It's not really my place to say, but I just think uh, sometimes people got to be careful, you know? Uh, think before you speak sometimes. And I know accidents do happen, but that's the unfortunate reality of life sometimes. Uh, okay, what webcam do you use? I use a Logitech C920. Uh, burn the witch. <laughs> That's funny. All right, uh, no, we're not burning any witches today. I don't even think they exist. Um, have you played the Tales series? Uh, if so, thoughts on it. Personally, it's one of my favorite RPGs. Tales of Asperia is one of my all-time favorite games. Uh, on my top, I don't know if it's on my top ten. I'd really be hard-pressed to make a top 10 list, but Vesperia is one of my favorite games of all time. Easy. Um, have you watched the new Castlevania series on Netflix? If you have, your thoughts. I haven't watched it yet. I want to see it. Uh, if someone could give me a link on where I could see it really fast and just watch them online uh, with minimal hassle or minimal payment, I would love to watch Castlevania. Uh, the Netflix series because I don't have Netflix, so I can't watch it on Netflix. <laughs> so, and I've been hearing great things, so I want to check it out. As I played the games, um, uh, Kill Schwarzenegger. His name means black in the darkest corner. Oh my god! All right, Castlevania on Netflix was decent. I was bummed that they didn't make more episodes. Yeah. You can't have your cake and eat it too, man. Um, season two confirmed. Okay, I can't wait for more episodes of Castlevania. Lots of Castlevania talk happening. Power bridges. I'll record them and send. Okay, it's all just Castlevania talk. You yeah, guys, ask me more questions or think of a new topic. I guess I don't know. Um, now here's the thing. I mean, you got the new Castlevania Netflix series. You had um, Konami made that silly pachinko machine, uh, erotic violence. Now the thing with erotic violence is. It's a stupid hentai Castlevania game. Why is Konami wasting them? Oh, they're not really wasting the money. They're probably making a ton off that, right? Of course. Konami cares about money in casinos and gyms and fitness, but they seem to be deviated away from gaming as of late. Now, you think with this Netflix show and its success, you think they would make a new Castlevania title, but that remains to be seen. 
But now with the Switch's success, I can see uh, Konami porting either uh, all the Castlevania games to it or coming up with something new. I can see that happening in the future. Don't hold my words for it, but it's a prediction. It's a prediction I have. I'm pretty sure of it. And I think that's very likely to happen. Um, hey, dude, guess what? I ran to school without permission and do the neon music video, and then I got arrested for that. Anyways, did you let a sink vomit on me? And I saw your last episode, PNG. What in the hell did I just read? <laughs> sorry about the vomit, and sorry about you getting arrested. That, that's, that's rather unfortunate. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Bubsy or Conquer? Okay, Conquer. Come on, Rax. You know what you're doing. And I think you know the real answer to that question, Rax. It's uh, Blake's the time sweeper. Come on, man. Um, Damnstream was messed on my end. As you were answering my question, I'll think of more. Okay, favorite Castlevania game? Uh, the ones that I own, I would have to pick uh, either Symphony of the Night or Castlevania 3. I don't own Super Castlevania 4, although uh, I've heard it's the best in the series. Um, and I rather enjoyed Simon's Quest. I know a lot of people hate that game, but I love that game. So, I don't know. I mean, I think they're all really great. All the ones I've played are fantastic, and I couldn't live without any of them. So, luckily I've only played the good ones. I haven't played the N64 titles or the modern ones or anything like that. But I've only played the retro titles, and they're all really good. Every single one. Um... All right, uh, hello. Any chance of a new Conquer game? That would be cool. Okay, Red Flame Knight, a new Conquer game. Now, you're asking the right person because as a huge fan of Rare, Xbox, Microsoft, Nintendo, uh, and Conquer, I kind of know what's kind of going on with the series or what's not going on. Now, here's kind of like a little history on Conquer. Now, Conquer, when it sold on the N64, barely sold at all. It wasn't a huge success. Um, at least sales-wise, it got glowing reviews. Nintendo refused to promote it. Uh, kids wouldn't buy it because it's M-rated. Adults wouldn't buy it because it was a silly, immature cartoon squirrel. So you had a few select teenagers who were lucky enough to own the game before it was discontinued ultimately a couple weeks after it was released. So the first game, commercial failure, not commercial, yeah, commercial failure, critical success. Great, right? Sounds great. So, uh, when Rare was kind of in its early GameCube days, they were already working on a sequel to Conquer, and I think it was something called uh, Conquer's Next Bad Day or Conquer's uh, uh, Conquer's Next Bad Day, I think it was called. And it was already in development. It was already in, in works. It was going to be a GameCube title and then an original Xbox title. But instead, what they decided to do was do an HD, not really HD. I guess it is an HD remaster for Conquer's Bad Fur Day, Conquer Live and Reloaded. Which, in my opinion, I know a lot of people hate that version. In my opinion, that's the essential way to play Conquer. In my opinion, I think it's the best version, best controls, best looking. Um, the only thing that's worse about it is they censor a little bit more of the words, just a little bit more. Remember, there are words that are already censored in the N64 version. They just censored maybe one or two more swear words in the Xbox version, and the multiplayer version is different. To be honest, the multiplayer version in both of them kicked ass. So, no complaint there. They're both great. They both exist. Play either. You'll have fun. My opinion, if you're new to the series, play the Xbox version. Honest opinion. So, uh, here's the thing. Uh, Conquer Live and Reloaded didn't sell either. It didn't sell very well. I think it even sold less than uh, the N64 version. So, 
as far as the success of Conquer, it doesn't look good. As far as releasing it, it would just be nothing but a huge gamble for Rare or Microsoft because it does have a fan base. Don't get me wrong. I see the fans of Conquer everywhere, but it's a, a cult fan base. Um, a cult fan base is great if you're supporting something like, say, an indie game or a niche title. But the thing is, Microsoft and Rare have got to decide, should I release a brand new, fully-fledged game, or should I just release a sequel to an old game that didn't sell very well? This is risque. So what Conquer's kind of been to Microsoft is like they're guinea pig for their weird projects. That's kind of what's been going on. Project Spark, for example, which I thought was a pretty decent game. It was fun and it served its purpose. It wasn't a great game by any means, but it was fun. Uh, they released a game that was, um, I can't remember the name right now, but it was technically uh, sort of like a sequel to Conquer. And it was just like one episode. And they were going to release six episodes of a Conquer game. Only one ever got released. It got scathing reviews from uh, the fans and the. Before it was even out, before people even saw anything, it got scathing reviews. It's like they didn't even bother to play it. I played it. I thought it was fine. It felt like Conquer. Uh, it seemed like Conquer. It had the same humor, the same voice acting. It was great. I liked episode one. However, it wasn't ideal. People were pissed that it was an episode for Project Spark as opposed to its own separate game. But the thing is, people failed to support it as a Project Spark episode. If people supported it and gave it money, I think Microsoft would be more enticed to release a proper Conquer game. I think people fail to see this. Honestly, as a gamer and as a consumer, I can kind of see what Microsoft is doing. They're kind of saying, here's a little Conquer in this experiment. Let's see if people bite. And if people bark or, I don't know, just fight it back or whatever, they don't really, they don't really go for it. Uh, Microsoft will be like, hmm, maybe people aren't so into Conquer as much. Whereas what they should say is maybe this isn't the way people want Conquer, which is what most gamers would say. But for me as a consumer, I can see that they're just trying to do an experiment to see if people still have interest for a series. And um, it didn't work in Project Spark. Uh, in fact, that game um, basically got discontinued and everyone got refunds who paid for that uh, DLC or whatever. So what ended up happening was they have the HoloLens. They made a Conquer game for the HoloLens called... Um, I'm forgetting everything today. It's like a little Conquer jumping game kind of thing. Young Conquer. Young Conquer. And I can tell you it looks like complete shit. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they did to Conquer. I think they could have just made it a new character and uh, sold that. I mean, they had the new Super Lucky Tale game coming out. It should have just been Super Lucky instead of Conquer. But honestly, you want to see the most horrible looking game you've ever seen in your life? Look up Young Conquer. It plays well. It looks good. But no, they, they butcher the way Conquer looks and behaves and acts. And honestly, it just. I've never seen so many dislikes on a, on a gaming video before in my life. So for me, I think right now Conquer's dead in the water. I don't think uh, they're going to bring him back, to be honest. And I think if they did, it would just be as cameos. I don't think they're going to give him a proper game because uh, he's just had a trail of bad luck in terms of financial success for companies or commercial success, he's had a trail of bad luck. However, there is an undying love for the original game. And I think the original game is fantastic as a one-off. You can play the first whole game beginning to end. It has an ending and you can feel satisfied and have a great time and a good laugh. Of course, there's always a hunger for more, but 
I think if we're looking at this from a realistic perspective, I think we're only going to get Conquer's Bad Fur Day and that one piece of DLC we got for Project Spark. That's it. That's all we're getting, I think. That's in my opinion. I don't see Rare wasting any more time with Conquer after what happened with all their little experiments and with all the cancellations that have happened in their history. That's just my opinion. I think it's tough. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, how long? Okay. Have you played any of the 50 Cent games? Okay, um, I can tell you right now, I bought 50 Cent Bulletproof for 50 cents. <laughs> I'm not even joking you. Uh, at a flea market about two months ago, I haven't played it yet. I heard it's rather hilarious. I gotta play it when I have a free moment. I'll play it soon. Um, I mean, the SNES Classic. Okay, hold on. Uh, thoughts on the Metroid coming out for the 3DS? Thoughts on the Super Nintendo? Um, okay, I can tell you right now, uh, I'm very excited about the new Metroid game. In fact, I pre-ordered it, so I'm picking it up soon, and I can't wait to play it. Uh, how long does it take you on average to make a video? Write a script, record, edit, and such. All right, thank you, Fighting Frogs Ultra. Also, they're going to be on the podcast tomorrow, so I'm very excited to have them on. Um, how long does it take me to make a video? All my videos are completely different, um, except for my podcast. They're always, like, relatively the same. Everything I do is completely unscripted. There's no script. I do everything live. Uh... I do everything improv. I've never once used a script on my channel, except for my infomercial video. When you log into my channel without subscribing, the first video you see, I scripted that because I did voiceover and I made an infomercial, essentially. Because I have to do it in several takes just to get it down perfect. I usually do everything in one go. And that's not in one go. I'm not Ed Wood. Sometimes I can be, but no. I don't, I don't, I don't write a script. I just say what's on my mind. And my. I feel like... Um, when they say YouTube broadcast yourself, which is YouTube's old slogan, I try to be myself and just say what's on my mind. Say my feelings on a certain subject. It may not be right half the time, or it may not be as polished as it should be, but honestly, like I look at my channel like a punk rock band. You know, my first output is the output that's meant to be made. And it's supposed to be DIY, and you start with a low quality and you gradually get better as you go on. And people will see the improvement and appreciate you more for it, for growing. Uh, I feel like if you stay stagnant and the same, top quality from the get-go and continue to be that, you're going to just be boring eventually because you're just going to be the same thing every time. Every single time, you're just going to get tired of it. Try to throw in a little something new every time. Uh, okay, uh, what do you like better? Bubsy, oh, I already answered that one. <laughs> um, worst video game ever made, I vote ET for Atari. Okay. All right, uh, here's the thing. E.T. for Atari is not the worst game ever made. I've played way, 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 way worse than E.T. Honestly, E.T. is... It's meh. It's not... I wouldn't say it's terrible. I'd probably say it's bad, yeah. But it's not as shit as everyone makes it out to be. I think it's just because it has that legacy to it. It has that story behind it that people automatically just assume it's the worst game ever made. Because it was once called the worst game ever made. Now, think about it this way. When E.T. came out, it was definitely the worst game ever made. I mean, but at the same time, you also had Custer's Revenge at that time, which I believe is way worse <laughs> than E.T. Um, you have Deadly Towers on NES, in my opinion, which is terrible. Anything made by Color Dreams. So you got Robo Demons and uh, Tag and Dragon. Those games are worse. You have Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Oh, you know what? That's around the same as E.T., I think. Oh, man. Like, Color Dinosaur, you got... Um, Rocky and Bullwinkle and NES, way worse. I mean, 
I mean, like, here's the thing. What, bad is a perspective, you know? I mean, there's there's always going to be something worse. Big rigs over the road racing is bad, but it can also be fun and entertaining. You can look at Ride to Hell Retribution and say, that's terrible, but you may have a good time with it. I have a good time playing that game. I laugh every single time. So um, E.T. is definitely not the worst. It just has a, a legacy and a story to it that makes it kind of have a mythos to it, a mythology that, oh, it's the worst. Uh, the G it's like a campfire story almost. Um, uh, I've heard that Bulletproof wasn't bad. Uh, actually, I heard uh, 50 Cent Blood on the Sand is pretty decent, uh, the sequel. Uh, gotta go. Good luck on the stream. Thank you, uh, Jack the Trades. Uh, okay, hold on. Uh, well, a lot of comments. All right, uh, PNG. Who are your favorite YouTubers, and have you ever watched Bithead One Thousand? I have not watched Bithead One Thousand. I'm not sure who he is. I'll have to look him up. Rad, Rad Zero. Guys, uh, my favorite YouTuber, Rad Zero. Look him up. No, I'm, no, like Rad, you're you have a great channel. Everyone, check out Rad's channel. Absolutely love it. If you like my channel, you'll like his. A lot of game collecting stuff. Go for it. But uh, I will say, uh, happy console gamer, angry video game nerd, uh, Adam Korolik, Review Tech USA, um, uh, Pixel Jews, Mather, like a lot of my friends' channels I watch nowadays, Benji James, I watch all my friends' channels, Rax the Great, RGT85, um, you know, like a lot of my friends, Urche Gaming, like a lot of my friends' channels I like to support nowadays. Ever since I've started YouTube, I find myself watching my friends' videos. Uh, I find it a lot of fun to do, you know, because uh, I can see you can because you, you're growing with these people, right? You're all kind of starting on the same foundation and growing, you know, uh, Tipster Gaming. I like Tipster a lot. I think he makes good content. We talk uh, fairly regularly, I think. Um, JKB, um, great channel as well. But I'd say the ones that influenced me, uh, probably Anger Video Game Nerd, um, Happy Console Gamer especially, Adam Korlick, uh, Review Tech USA. Uh, a little bit of John Lajoie, because I'm not sure if you remember John Lajoie. He was like, uh, he made a lot of songs and really funny skits. Um, he made uh, Show Me Your Genitals, Everyday Normal Guy. Uh, he made um, the what, what the Fuck Collective. Like, he did a lot of songs. But his style of infomercial, he did little infomercials too. I was very much inspired by John Lajoie's content. At one point, he was the number one Canadian YouTuber on the channel. Until Justin Bieber came out and surpassed him by views. Unfortunate that a really great uh, comedic YouTuber fell by the wayside to one of the worst pop stars that ever came out of Canada. Thank you, Justin, for bringing honor to this great nation. Uh, <laughs> uh, chilling, dude. Hope all is well in your direction. All right. Uh, let's see. Hold on. What do we got here? Uh... Listen, Custis Revenge is the sexiest game ever. Clearly, you haven't played. Actually, you know what? I have a game worse for you um, than um, E.T. It came out on the Xbox 360. It's the latest entry in the Leisure Suit Larry franchise. Leisure Suit Larry box office bus. Holy crap, that game is terrible. Don't play it. Don't play it ever. Oh, just terrible. Um, all right. Uh, just fear for life. John LeJoy pop song, met him here in New Brunswick, Canada. Oh, you're from New Brunswick, uh, Menace XP. Awesome. Um, 
Great to meet other Canadians on here. Now, um, Adam Korlick and Happy Console Gamer are mine. I highly recommend Bithead. Yeah, see, like when I saw your channel, Red Zero, the first time, I kind of saw a bit of myself in your channel. I saw a bit of Adam and I saw a bit of Happy Console Gamer. I think uh, that's, I think, why we became such good friends on here is because I feel like we both had similar influences and I think we're both kind of, I feel like you go for more of a wrestling kind of thing. But for me, I kind of do some silly comedic thing going on for me. So, but at the same time, our channels kind of border on a game collecting, and I think um, there's a lot of good chemistry with that. That's why I like having you on the podcasts. Uh, but Adam Korlick, I liked uh, why I like Adam Korlick's channel is he makes a lot of sense of how he talks. You know, he'll have all the games on his table, and he'll talk about the specs of each console. He'll talk about history. He'll bring out a few games of each console that he likes, and he makes it simple. He just points the camera at himself. Talks about the games, and that's that. Simple. It's informative, and it works. Happy Console Gamer talks about the things that he loves and shares them with such passion and um, and endurance. Like, he's been doing this for how long? I don't even know now. Like, six or seven or even eight years now he's been doing this. I love the, the overall positivity of Happy Console Gamer. I thought, you know what? I would love to just... Because I already have a game collection, I have a foundation, I can make myself do videos, I can film myself talk about the things I love, um, that not others, many others would talk about. I'm not, like, my first episode I talked about Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy on Xbox, a game I absolutely adore, most other people don't get why, and I wanted to say, you know what, I'm tired of people not giving a shit about this game, I want to make a video on it. So I started a channel just to talk about Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy, and I talked about other games that most people didn't give a shit about, but I did. Uh, I wanted to voice my own opinions about the things I was excited about. And I think a lot of you do that as well. Uh, when I see channels like uh, you, uh, Rad Zero, or Rax the Great, I see you guys talking about games that you love and want to share with the world. I think gaming as a hobby can only grow from us sharing what we love and doing it with positivity and encouragement. And I think uh, our collections can grow, and I think our interest in the hobby of gaming will grow. And I think things can only get better from there. You know, and I think um, as influences, you can't go any better than Adam Korlick and Happy Console Gamer. Uh, Review Tech USA was an influence on me, though, because uh, he does like gaming news with a bit of a a logical perspective. You know, like he talks about um, he's cynical when he needs to be, he's positive when he needs to be, and he holds no bias. He just tells it like it is, and I like that for my podcasts. I feel like my podcasts are going to take after Review Tech USA. So, and a bit of CU podcast as well. Like, I get a little bit of Pat, you know, in there. But um, to be honest, like, I like the goofiness of a lot of, like, if you watch my old videos, there's a lot of smosh in there. Like, there's a lot of just random goofy nonsense that makes zero sense. And actually, you can kind of see that in some of my videos. Sometimes I'll just do something completely outrageous and random that makes zero sense. That kind of comes from those early, early, early YouTube videos. Like, you know, like, the ones that kind of got attention, just kill your brain cells, silly fun time, get a cheap laugh, and you remember it. That's kind of why I liked YouTube to begin with, but now YouTube has become such a formulaic process, it has to be a certain way. Now that YouTube is a business, it's almost like a product. Here's my video, here's my video, here's my video. The PNG video, this is what you expect from a PNG video uh, package. You get this, this, and this. I don't like that. I, I want to surprise you guys. I want to have something different. I don't like to lock down myself on one little thing. And I think you guys have seen that. And that's probably why I don't get 
uh, consistent views because I'm always doing something random. But at the same time, I like to look at my channel from an old school sensibility. I've never looked at YouTube as a career or as a way to make because to be honest, I'm just doing it for the shits and giggles and having fun and meeting new friends and uh, getting my ideas out. Uh, like, if I did this for a living, I think I'd be more concerned and I think I'd probably do this more as a package formula. If I find one thing that works, I would milk it to death, you know, and like uh, give people exactly what they want and expect. But I think that's not what an artist or creative person does. See, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a designer. I, that's what I do on the spare time. I, I like to try and uh, create something. And it's not exactly what you'd expect each time. It has to surprise. Otherwise, why watch someone's video? It's just going to be the same shit over and over and over again. Unique every single time. At least, but if there's something you love about your channel, there's something, uh, channel, uh, find little ways to make each of those videos different, but still have that same formula so people know it's your video. And I think that's the hardest part of doing a channel. Uh, but for me, honestly, uh, the one thing that unifies my channel is me and my brain. These are all things that come from my brain and what I think and what I enjoy. And when I say YouTube broadcast yourself, you're, you are. You're broadcasting who you are. And people are interested in you as a person, as a personality. Um, I think that's what YouTube is. I'd rather see, uh, for example, let's look at Let's Plays, for example. You can see a Let's Play with no one playing a game and it's just straight at gameplay. Why watch it, right? Now look at someone successful who does this. Look at someone like PewDiePie. You could say, oh, well, he's immature and screams at the camera. He's showing some sort of personality or character to him. People know PewDiePie as the guy who screams and goes nuts. So people are going to say, okay, well, I'm going to watch the guy who's screaming nuts because I like that. Watch it. So you have to have something that makes you you. And I think uh, people are attracted to people with personalities or some sort of characteristic. Uh, and it keeps, it's, I think it's part of a brand to be honest. Um, sorry, my voice is getting a little. Mm. Okay. Um, all right, just looked up Young Conquer. You're right, that's awful. Though the HoloLens looks dope. Yeah, you know what? Uh, no, me, Cowboy. Uh, Young Conquer. Actually, I heard is a very good game. It plays very well. It it controls substantially. It just he looks terrible. And I think that's just what it is. They could have just put a regular Congress spray, and I think it would have been fine. I don't think people would have been so mad. Oh, just my honest thoughts. It could have been as easy as a patch. Now, my friend Jackie, very talented artist. Uh, great person. She got to go to Rare Studios. Uh, this is actually a funny story. I haven't shared this with anybody yet, but uh, she got to go to Rare uh, because she won the Sea of Thieves artist contest. She drew this awesome picture of a ship being attacked by a kraken. It looked so damn cool. That Rare, I said, Jackie, please come to Rare Studios. We're going to play Sea of Thieves as a big group. It's going to be great. And um, essentially, I'm like, Jackie, you're going to Rare? That's fantastic. Please tell them. For the love of God, please tell them. Young Conquer is a bad idea. <laughs> She's like, uh, I don't know if I should say that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I said. But I also said, please let me know if Banjo Free is happening. Please. You know? And that, that's kind of what happened. As far as Rare is concerned, um, she was kind of teasing me. Cause she got to go to Rare. Me being the huge Rare fan I am, you know, me, I'm like, I want to know the secrets. I want to know the secrets they're keeping from us, you know? Disclosure and whatnot. So um, I 
remember it was E3 2015. No, it was E3 2016, right? Um, the people who won the Sea of Thieves contest were going to watch a live stream together. Shooting themselves watching Rare's announcement at the Xbox conference. And I said, oh, that's funny. What are they going to announce? She's like, you'll see. I'm like, hold on a second. Why are you guys filming your reaction watching the E3 conference? Don't you already know it's going to happen? What's the point in showing a reaction? Unless you're in the E3 video. You caught me. You caught me. You caught my secret right before they announced it. Literally, a few seconds later, I see her in the E3 trailer. So she's the first person from the PNG Inner Circle to ever be shown at an E3 anything. Like, she was on... Um, but it was funny. In that video, she was one of those uh, gamers reacting to the footage in the Let's Play video. Like, you saw CFEs playing. She was there playing, along with my buddy Abstracticus, who was on uh, three podcasts ago. Um, they were on the show going nuts, reacting and enjoying the game. And I remember all the backlash those guys got. They were like, they're faking it. They're not really liking it. Get them off my screen. Um, and it was the funniest thing. And so I actually had all those guys come on the next podcast, like all those people who won the contest come on the podcast to prove that um, they weren't faking it and they actually did love the game. Sure enough, I had the voice actor for the Great Mighty Pooh, the voice actor for, for um, Barry, for Conquer in our chat, in the YouTube chat for my podcast, and I fanboy the whole goddamn time. <laughs> okay. But yeah, no, true story, true story. I actually had a Chris Seaver, who's the voice actor of Conquer, um, respond to me a few times on Twitter. Like, I remember one time he called me, um, what's the word? He called me a crazy motherfucker once uh, because I did some ridiculous tweet. <laughs> And you know when uh, the voice actor for Conquer calls you a crazy motherfucker, uh, you know uh, something's going wrong. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. All right. Um, all right. Smosh is old school. Smosh is a bunch of smaller channels now, headlined by other people, but under Smosh's umbrella, like Jovan Spheres from Kind of the Nerds channel is under Smosh. Kind equals king. Um, yeah, the thing of Smosh... I remember back in the day, they used to just be uh, low budget. They would make their videos, just Ian and Anthony together making videos, and it, it was good fun. It was just harmless, good, random, goofy fun. Uh, two friends with their creativity, making the most funny skits I've ever seen in my life. Eventually, they got a bigger budget. The videos got a little bit better, and I thought they were okay. Um, such classics like a Pokemon in real life and Happy Cow and uh, Sex Ed um, Education video. I, I can't remember what it was. Um, and those are all great, but eventually they start bringing other people on board and they start getting a little bit too lavish with their set pieces to the point where it kind of lost the flavor and the substance of their earlier videos. So I stopped watching their channel. I just stopped. Um, that's it. And, uh, it's funny. Um, it sucks because I thought they were rather funny. And I, I remember a lot of people say, you know, Smosh were for little kids and for 12 year olds, but you know what? At the same time, they were really good. They made good entertainment, and I was impressed with what they were able to do with their channel. Uh, I thought it was really creative and fun, and a lot of people wanted to be like those guys. Just, I mean, don't you remember the good old days? And you just, you and your friends, you have a camcorder or a video camera, whatever you got, and you just make the goofiest stuff up with the top of your head and just make a video and have fun. And then 
can't wait to upload and see how people respond. That was the fun of YouTube. Back when I got started in 2008, my original old channel, those are the videos I wanted to make. Just have some fun with my friends and share them with the world. And hopefully someone gets a laugh. And that's and just to hope that one person will watch the video. That's all you would hope for. And I think with YouTube now, it's just, it's different. It's a different place. It's a different ecosystem. Uh, everything is a, everything is like a product now. I, it's, it's, it's been a while since I've ever seen something new and creative on YouTube that hasn't been done before. It really has been. Um, do you watch Craigslist Game Finds YouTube channel? I don't, to be honest. Um, I never heard of them. I'll have to look into them. But the thing is, like, um, I feel like with Canada, or at least in Toronto, Craigslist kind of has a bad rap. We use Kijiji here mostly. Kijiji, for all you viewers in the States and Europe, uh, Kijiji is like Canadian Craigslist, but better. You know, it's better than Craigslist, I find. Um, I, I don't know, you hear all these sketchy stories about people getting murdered after like a Craigslist um, transaction or like someone buys a couch and there's actually a dead body in the couch or like, there's always like, some scary story on Craigslist, you know? Um, in Canada, all those people are on Craigslist. All the good people are on Kijiji. So you're almost thinking, well, what's stopping the crazies from going to Kijiji too? But I don't know. I don't trust Craigslist. I've heard too many horror stories to count. And a lot of the ads seem very sketchy, so I don't even bother with Craigslist when it comes to buying games. I'd rather live and uh, collect games. So um, honestly, I think um, that's the majority of what I wanted to, to say. Uh, so my next video, you'll, you'll see it soon. And essentially, I bought these. And these are uh, N64 game labels. And these N64 game labels will go on the... The, and the, the top of my cartridges, you can see them up there. Um, I'm not going to... Hold on, maybe I could. It's, they're, they're up on the TV. I don't know if you can see them, but... Yeah, essentially, uh, my next video should be up very soon. I'm not sure if I'll upload it tonight because I'm uploading this, and you'll, you guys will be able to watch it and um, go from there. And uh, I got other videos. I got the podcast tomorrow. We're going to talk about the Street Fighter 2 re-release of the cartridge. We're going to talk about the PewDiePie incident. We're going to talk about um, uh, South Park Sick of Truth. Uh, no, no, South Park Fracture, but hold, just, a, but just a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about Ellie and War coming on, on uh, the Switch. So we got a lot of topics to discuss, and I think it should go well. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this kind of video. I like just talking sometimes. Um, I used to run a radio show uh, back when I was in college, and uh, it was called In Tune Radio. Uh, and it's actually coming back. My buddy Josh runs it, and um, he, he's, he's doing a series of music documentaries, and it's going to be coming up very soon. And I hope to help him out. Uh, I'm going to try and get a punk episode in. I can help him with that, and maybe a metal episode. And Essentially, it's about exploring uh, the music scenes in uh, the city of Toronto, and he's going to do each genre of music, and I'm going to help him with that. And uh, they're going to have a website for it. It's going to be great. Uh, I used to do... Uh, I used to do a lot of the artist bookings. Uh, I remember there was a group called Mets, uh, very popular now, actually. Uh, they were a noise rock band from Toronto. Uh, Mets, uh, essentially, I saw them play to a crowd of 20 people uh, when I was doing radio. I had them booked to come on my show uh, two weeks later. 
And they said, yeah, you know, we're, we're good to come on your show. But then they ended up being really busy and they couldn't do it. The next couple weeks later, Grand Theft Auto V came out. And whose song do I see in the track list for Grand Theft Auto V? Mets. Mets got so big after their song got put in Grand Theft Auto that they were untouchable. I couldn't get them on my show after that. Uh, they were really, 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 really big. And now they're on their third record. And, um, yeah, Mets is a really good band. And I remember back then, like, it was just very good. And um, it's funny, probably the only person I still talk to or, like, still know really heavily from uh, the radio days is Redutron. Redutron was one of my guests. Uh, he was in a band called The Rabbit Hole, or Rabbit Hole. Uh, they're an um, industrial alternative band from uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. I know it rhymes with something funny. Regina, vagina. Ha, 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 ha. No, no. And they moved here to Toronto, and I saw them wearing these awesome cyberpunk uniforms. And Redutron was among one of them. And Redutron is a regular on the podcast. I'm sure many of you who watch my podcast already know who Redutron is. Great dude. Um, he was one of my guests. He was one of my main guests on the show. And uh, it's kind of funny. We still become friends after the fact, and now he's – one of my co-hosts, technically. A very good friend. Very, very good friend now. So it's kind of funny because early connections from back then, never, guys, never stop making connections. Make as many uh, connections of people who do interesting things as possible because you never know who you're going to meet and you're never going to know the opportunities you can present yourself with. Uh, I've tried, like, I've met many cosplayers. Actually, wait, more news for you. I did voice acting for a cosplayer friend of mine. Her name is Irene. Irene, I've known since college. Uh, she's a very skilled graphic designer. Uh, she's a very awesome cosplayer. I've seen her do a rogue cosplay. I've seen her do a, oh, I can't remember the girl's name from a Tekken. Uh, Elise, I think, from Tekken. Um, she did, um, oh, she did like a Jedi Knight or whatever on uh, the last one she did. But uh, she's a very, very skilled uh, cosplayer. And I really respect her. And she was cosplaying as Green Arrow. She was doing like some burlesque show or whatever. And uh, she's it's for DC Marvel Heroes burlesque show, and she's playing Green Arrow, and she's gonna have some background music play with a voice actor of Green Arrow kind of playing. But the thing is, you can't just use the voice actor of Green Arrow. You can't use it from the show. So I had to do it. I did the voice acting of Green Arrow, um, and I don't know how if I like how it sounds to be honest, because I tried to sound exactly like the guy from the show, but. I couldn't match my voice to him, and what ended up resulting in was okay. It was all right, and I hope she likes it. And I hope, hopefully, uh, hopefully people don't laugh. Or uh, I don't think anyone's gonna care, to be honest. I don't think people are gonna be like, "Oh, that guy sounds terrible." No one's gonna, no one's gonna say anything. But it, see, like, uh, I you never say no to interesting opportunities. There's always something cool or unique you could do, and. Um, I think opening doors is an exciting thing. Um, I used to buy and sell stuff on Craigslist all the time. As long as you meet people at public places, you'll be fine. I would always meet up at McDonald's. <laughs> Vagina, he's the eating guy. Yeah, Rex. Uh, Redutron is the guy who always eats on my podcast. Because uh, I don't know, for him, like that's around dinner time for him. So his wife usually brings him food during the podcast. And one time he took a huge bite out of a fish taco. Like, <laughs> And on the podcast, if you make any noise, the camera points at you. And I remember one episode, um, he takes this gigantic bite out of a fish taco. The camera points at him, and it was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. <coughs> my voice is cracking now. All right. Uh, police station said they're cool Craigslist exchanges. Yeah, okay. 
Um, all right, before I go, I have one thing to say. Uh, now, is there are these things called the YouTube space. YouTube offers a building where they have services for YouTubers who pass a certain threshold. Uh, if you pass a thousand subscribers, you can attend some seminars and events at the YouTube space. You can meet other YouTubers. It's great for networking. If you pass over 10,000 subscribers, you can use their studios and their equipment. Like you can use green screens and settings and locations and things like that. Uh, this is for you to better yourself as a YouTuber. Toronto is one of these cities that luckily has a YouTube space. So in October, I'm attending the YouTube space Halloween event. So if you're a YouTuber from Toronto with 1,000 plus subscribers and want to meet up and go to the YouTube just like Rav, who's like a vlog channel from Toronto. He kind of reminds me of like a Casey Neistat, I guess. Like he goes around the city filming himself and being like, hey, look at me. I'm riding my bike in this crazy area. But I met um, Rav at uh, the Nintendo Switch YouTube Space event, where I got to try it a, week, a day before the Switch came out, and I got to meet a lot of uh, YouTubers, uh, a lot of good friends now. And um, that's the thing is, I know a lot of YouTubers from Toronto, but I don't really have any YouTube friends from Toronto with 1,000 plus subscribers. I've Most of my YouTube friends have maybe 300 to 800 subscribers in Toronto, so they don't quite make that threshold. So every time I go to one of these events, I always meet somebody new, and it's uh, it's exciting, but it's kind of awkward because you don't want to go with somebody you know that you know. Uh, but I'm going to go with Rad this time, and it's a Halloween event, and uh, I'm going to find a cool costume because it's a costume party. And I uh, hope to meet some other YouTubers. Big YouTubers I know from Toronto are, um, I know Matthew Santoro is from Toronto, Jacoby from Free Kilbites, who we're acquaintances of. Uh, we're aware of each other. We've spoken together. We're friends, kind of. I mean, uh, we've talked on occasion and whatnot. I'm in his Discord group. So maybe he'll be there. Um, I think I said Matthew Santoro. Uh, Nicole Arbor, please, God, I hope she's not there. Uh, <laughs> so that was rude, but no, I don't like Nicole Arbor. Um, yeah, hopefully I can meet some cool people. Uh, it'll be nice. It's good for networking. Uh, okay, uh, 10K subs for a studio space, but I think you'd have to pay the staff. I could be way off base. I don't think you have to pay. You just have to reserve it. Well, actually, you just have to reserve the studio and search for that uh, probably a couple of hours or whatnot. I have an awesome uh, equipment. Uh, yeah, I think. That's it for today. If you like this video, give it a like, a comment, and be sure to hit the notification bell. It really helps me out because you get quicker access to my content, and it keeps you guys recurring as an audience, and we can continue our conversations, and have a great old... I love you guys. Thank you. Um, I think it's time for some Coke. It's the Coke party time. Not that kind of Coke. Feels very cold. Actually, it's gone warm. All right. So thank you guys for watching. Uh, you guys are the best. Thank you for uh, keeping this chat entertaining and keeping me uh, informing you all. Thank you, guys.